Oilers can make it 15 tonight. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. 15 wins in a row. Oh, man, what? That's unbelievable. And they're playing against the outgunned Chicago Blackhawks. Is is this a, a blowout game or is it a trick game? Well, we'll find out in mere hours. You can reach us, sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. Uh, we're on Spotify with the podcast. We also tweet them out if you're on X. And uh, most people, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring in Declan because he told me yesterday and I've forgotten. I want to make sure that most people access the podcast from Apple Podcasts and then Spotify. You did say that yesterday. That is correct. Okay. Yeah, it is generally Apple. Spotify is a close second. Then there's a bit of a fall off, but uh, those are the two main ones. Okay, so it's like it's 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 Apple, it's Spotify, then it's a tin can attached to string attached to another tin can. That's how you access us. Is this correct? That is, well, you got to throw in me handwriting everything out transcribed. Sure. That's probably before the tin can. And right. then I would say you got it. Yeah. Right. And then Nostradamus writes those. What did they call that he wrote? It was it was passages or chapters, but they had a word for it. It wasn't. Yeah. Like Something was. trains. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm getting my mind is going. Uh, text or call us at one 401 Twitter at Low Tide and Declan Kruger. Declan saved me there and I thank him. Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. The Discover event is on right now and they're blowing out the remaining 2023 GMCs. Discounts up to $8,000 plus 0% financing. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. And Wolf is W-O-L-F-E. Okay. Guest today, Bag Milk from Oilers Nation. John Weedman from WGN Radio, legendary radio station in Chicago. 15 wins. You know, there are just things in life you remember forever. There are just moments that occur. It's like if I say El Perfecto, everybody knows what I'm talking about. El Presidente, El Perfecto. That's what I'm talking about. And I think this 15 game, and then I could go to 17 or 18, will be remembered a long time. Well, I was going to ask you a question, if I may. Well, since you're about to, I think it's okay to go ahead. Yeah, you're not going to stop me now. I, you've obviously been been around a lot. You've seen a lot of accomplishments since take the place wheel. in the, the regular season. The wheel was season. invented the day after I got here. Sure. Yeah. That said, where does this rank in terms of impressive sports feats you've seen in the regular season? Because for me, obviously I'm a little bit younger, but this is we're we're reaching unheard of territory, right? The, the, yeah, the, the you know where I'm I'm about to put it and I'm not there yet. Um and I want to make sure that I got the record um, right because this is the the seventy nine eighty Philadelphia Flyers. They had the longest unbeaten streak in North American sports history: thirty five consecutive games without a loss from October fourteenth, beginning of the year, to January sixth, and that was thirty five unbeaten. And I don't know where we will say, okay, this ranks it because there were ties back then and all of that but i'm like that's the thing in my brain that pops into my brain when i think about this is that this is so impressive that i and i don't know the number that it has to get to for it to be that impressive but i still remember that in the 7980 flyers how does this compare or contrast to the oakland a's 20 game win streak back in 2003 well it i mean it's there but it's also 
they were a really good team, and this team is a really good team, but they were really bad at the beginning. So I think I think part of the reason why this is so impressive is where they were before it was impressive. Like they've gone from you know how they say from the 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 the, the highest highs to the lowest lows. This team is the original girl with the curl, and my apologies to women everywhere. But it is. It's like it's when they're bad, they're bad, and when they're good, they're good, and when they're really bad, they're really bad. But right now, they're just top of the line. They're just they're rocky on top of the steps. They are they are so there. And by the way, interesting things coming out of the practice this morning. Jason Greger tweeted this out. If you haven't heard, this is going to blow your mind. If you have, you know where I'm going. The lines are out. The pairings are the same. Calvin Pickard starting, but the lines are the thing to remember. Top line tonight: McDavid with Drysaitel and Hyman. Oh my God, they're loading up again. Another coach has fallen victim. We'll have a minute, and then I'll tell you. Nuge with Kane and Fogel. McLeod with Holloway and Brown. Ryan with Yanmark and Gagne. All right, a few things. Number one, don't get your, you know, calm your. Not, and the other word you know. So, if it doesn't work, they'll change it. They're playing the Chicago Blackhawks. But I understand your point. I'm just going to run some numbers. This is all via natural stat trick, who, by the way, we should all at like 420 every day, now that we don't need to do that other thing, we should stand and we should thank the heavens of the hockey gods for natural statric, puck IQ, and puckpedia. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Maybe raise your hands, do a little dance, get arrested probably, and we thank them. All right. Last three years, 21-22 through this year. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl together at five-on-five have a goal share of 56.4%. That's really good. They score 3.84 goals per 60. That's really good. McDavid without Leon, 57% goal share, 57.5, so about 1% more in the ballpark. Goals for a little less, 3.26. So you lose a little torque, but you're in the same ballpark in terms of, of scoring. Leon without McDavid, 52%, 51.6, and two, or I'm sorry, 3.07. So almost a goal per 60 less. Leon Solo, still really good. Without McDavid and Leon, both of them on the bench in the last three years, the owners are at 48.7. That's not bad, percent, and they score about 2.24. So every coach who ever comes down the pipe and is starting to coach this team goes, okay, we're going to split them up. And then they go right back to them. The reasons are you get a little more oomph over just playing McDavid, and Leon becomes productive. I think it's a good tool when Leon is struggling a little bit to put him in there. Now, we're going to do the same thing again, and we're just going to do it for this year. So this year, Leon and McDavid together are 378 and they're 57%, so about the same again. 
and 58% for McDavid alone and 3.65 goals. So about the same. Leon 3.05 and 55%, 54.8. So he's having a better year than he has in the last two years. But here's what I wanted to talk about. Without either player, they're at 49.3%. This team, for, I mean, oh my God, forever, this team could not play. They were awful with with McDavid on the bench. And now with McDavid and Dreisaitl on the bench, they're doing fine. They are doing fine. This is This is breaking news. So... I know that there will be people out there who are like, oh, here we go. But, you know, it's not the same here we go again. This team has talent. This is a really good opportunity. I would roll four lines. You're playing the Chicago Blackhawks. If if it's not working, just check down. Seriously, just check down. By the way, since November 24th, McDavid and Drysaddle together, 83%, and they're scoring at 4.88. It's just out of sight. They have played since October, the, or sorry, November the 24th. They played 61 minutes together. That's a like, well, thanks. It's about an hour. Really? Really low tide? It's about an hour. 61 minutes together. And they have scored five goals, four and one against. So, hell yeah. If they can do it and everybody has fun and it's like a free bingo square, and then you get back to business against Nashville. I don't mind it. They're going to load them up in the playoffs. You might as well give them a little bit of a look. I'm okay with it. I don't think it'll last. But one thing I will suggest to you is there's a there's a perfect storm happening here for the Edmonton Oilers. When you look at their wingers right now in this game, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Kane, Fogel, Holloway, Brown, who's playing better, not scoring, but he's playing better. And then you've got Yanmark Gagne. This is not the worst crew in the world. And your centers are, are McDavid, Nuge, McLeod, and um, Ryan. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Okay. So what if... I mean, they're going to make a move. They're going to get a defenseman. I think they'll look for a goaltender. Picard getting a, a test tonight. What if they could find a right-handed center? I'm just I'm just saying, what if they could find a right-handed center who is available and they would have to load up and they would have to do a lot and they would have to overpay and it would be for a rental? But what if they could do that? And what if they could do it with such a great name that the idea of Dreisaitl and McDavid isn't crazy because you've got this guy who could not only play third-line center or fourth-line center, but maybe could play second-line center. And maybe he plays second-line center with, say, Nugent Fogel or Nugent Hyman. It's an idea. I'm not saying it's time has come. I'm not saying it should happen. I'm just saying when you're pondering, you know, ponder can be a, ponderous can be a bad word. But pondering now, thinking out loud, blue skying, I like to call it. Well, that's a damn fine idea. If you've got the opportunity, and it looks like the things that were crashing down around you are no longer doing that, and you have, you can pick. You can say, okay, what screwed us over in the Vegas series? Oh, wait a minute, it was third line center. Ah, acquired Bugstad, used Bugstad, didn't use McLeod, didn't work out. Uh, two periods in that series won it for Vegas. 
Second period of game five, second period of game six. Are, do you work for some kind of, of company that requires you to type so quickly that your hands actually catch fire? I do. Yeah, I get paid. I get paid by how fast I can type uh, per minute. It's a little. It was a little weird clause in my contract that they threw, and I looked at it. I was like, "Are you, are you sure about that?" And they said, "Yeah, no, that's what we want." And I said, "Okay, well, I'll pick it up." And uh, here I am, trying to prove my worth. You know, I got to put food on the table. If I ask you to describe the word cadence, what 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 do you, what would you call it? What cadence. Would... It's funny because I obviously know what cadence is when you speak in a cadence. There's a football cadence before the snap, but right. an actual dictionary definition. I don't it's, know what I would exactly say. It's exactly what I, you just said. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a modulation or inflection of the voice. And I'll talk, I'll say something, and there's just, there, in the background, it's like, it's like the piano player on Chuck Berry's hit songs. It's there, and you're listening to the whole song, but that catches your ear. You do a hell of a job with that. I think it's key to the show. I think we're, I think we're somehow subliminally doing what the Beatles did in the 60s. With your typing. So well done, sir. You're like the George Martin of this show. There he goes. <laughs> I I literally have no idea what he's what he's typing, but it's gotta be good. Did you hear Todd McClellan? After the 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 I I, I will confess I, I like Todd McClellan. A lot of people are mad at him for skins real or imagined, but it has got to be tough right now if you're Todd McClellan. Because the team is, you know, it's going sideways down there. And, I mean, I was looking at the numbers, and it's not great. They will recover. They're not going to They're not going to do this the whole time. But they are doing things that don't make sense. They're not playing Arthur Callio. He's a really good player. You know, he's not a, he's not a, a two-way type, and he's not a burner, but he can help you. I... I Boy, if I were the audience, I'd try to get him. Oh, man. What do you think about Vincent DeHarnay? Do you think Vincent DeHarnay should get signed sooner than later? Yes. Because he's a UFA. Yes. I Jason is thrown out. I you know, I don't know the exact terms. I don't want to parrot him without knowing exactly what he said, but something along the lines of a of a two year, two million dollar deal. Uh, two million AAV, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's fair. I don't think you want to sign him for any longer than that because there still are some question marks about what he could be or what he is. He's not the best skater, but I do like him on this roster, and I like him paired with Kulak, point blank period. I just think he's going to cost more. If he gets to free I'm not saying that he wouldn't sign two times two right now, yeah. but I think if he gets to free agency, a team, because... He like he's a freak. He's a unique. He is. And uniqueness has value. It's why you are going to make so much money. Oh, I love to hear that because the, the, you you are a brilliant guy. You know how to swim, and yet you're all blocked up in your <laughs> nose parts. The thing about Vinny is, I don't know what his ceiling is. Like, I don't think Vinny is a four million dollar a year defenseman. I don't think he's a three million dollar a year defenseman. So I wonder what he would look like, or what terms of a contract would look like if he got signed as a free agent somewhere long term. Because I think at best, although I like him and I like his game, I think at best he's probably a third-pair defenseman. Maybe a second-pair defenseman, but I just wonder what the money looks like for someone like that on the open market. You owe me. You owe me now. For what? Well, do you remember yesterday what we agreed to? We said oh, if, no. if Adam Rosicka got claimed, people were mocking yeah. me as they always do about waivers. If he got claimed, 
you owed me a Hot Wheels. Yes. And if he didn't get claimed, I owed you a Hot Wheels. Now I owe you a Hot Wheels. You owe me a Hot Wheels. Arizona okay. has claimed Adam Rosichka. Well, I, I, the only reason this is happening is people were all smart alecky. I think people are going to be upset about the McDavid thing, McDavid dry saddle thing. I always, I've always, always, always been able to count on that. That gets released, and then our show goes crazy with people. Not crazy. That's a bad word to use anymore. Our, our show goes unusually. Is that okay to say unusually? It, it, it takes an exit towards rage and outrage when they say, oh, we're putting together McDavid and Drysdale. I'm hoping you come through with your rage and outrage because I've got, I've got a story to tell you about a friend of mine that I'm going to work into that rage and outrage. So let's see. Oh, somebody said I should have asked for a wagon wheel. I love wagon wheels. Yeah, something good to have. Yeah. All right. It's at twelve seventeen. We have a very big, busy show. Bag Milk will join us from Oilers Nation. John Weedman from WGN Radio to talk about the Chicago side, and of course, NHL rumors are on the way next, including my victory lap over the waiver thing. This is the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports fourteen forty. It's the lowdown on Sports fourteen forty for Wolf GMC Buick. Visit WolfGMCBuick.com. Time for the rumors portion. There's no rumor. It's a fact. Declan owes me a Hot Wheels. Now, he can buy anyone he wants. I like the Cougar from about 73. It was kind of metallic. I'm going to say greenish. Oh, it was really good. I like that one. But he can he can do what the dump truck. Don't care. As long as it's got mags and slicks on it. And it arrives in the next two months. Arizona Coyotes have claimed Adam Rosichka off waivers from Calgary. The genesis of this story came when I said yesterday, I said, you know, Rosichka is a really good player. Some teams should reach out and grab him. And I had several texts saying, oh, here we go again with low tide and his waivers. Good Lord. And so I just said, you know, I made up this bet. Uh, Declan had no real choice. If you want to send Hot Wheels into the station, you can, and then Declan's not out his... I assume Hot Wheels are like two fifty. They don't cost that much, do they? Oh, these days they're probably about ten bucks. But I'm gonna get you a good one. I'm gonna figure it out. Well, don't spend your money. No, I'm gonna get you a I nice one. I don't want the you to you spend. Want. Do not spend ten dollars. Uh, no, I'll I see. Would, go I'll to see. A, like. Is there a garage sale near your place? <laughs> I don't. They don't really do garage sales during the winter. And I how far around. are you from the dump? Maybe there's one there. <sighs> yeah, you're right. I could probably find one there. I, I just. I, I don't. You, I did not plan on you spending ten dollars on me. I will not spend ten dollars on you. Anyway, <laughs> okay. Wow, that one took me back a little bit. But if you say so, <laughs> I'm sure you thought. Oh, I'll work with Low Tide, and I'll go out to his house for a barbecue, and it'll be all nice. No. There'll be nobody visiting me. I don't want company. All right. Rangers are going to place Nick Benino on waivers. Has that happened already? The last I saw, Nick Benino was officially on waivers. Wow, wow, wow. Interesting. That's uh, that's a career, unless I'm wrong, that's a career that has been in the NHL for a long time, and now there's a crossroads. And a player either retires, uh, they 
mutually agree to get rid of the contract, or in this case, they're sending him down. And there are all kinds of things in the the agreement that players have with the, the owners that you you don't, like you can't send, you used to be able to send guys out on rehab. Like Connor Brown would have been in the AHL for 25 games if they had that rule again, but they don't. Yeah, but Nino last played in the the minors, unless I'm wrong here, this is Hockey DB, in 2011-12. He's been in the NHL for over a decade. He's a productive player. Not now, but he was. He scored like 10 goals last year. Huh. Flames have recalled Walker Dewar. I don't understand the Flames right now. Why would you lose that player today? That's uh, they. Uh, they're not going to win Jack Doodley. The job of the general manager is to work towards next year. Now, you lost a guy on waivers. You didn't have to lose. You're, it doesn't matter who you like, IR or send down. Just protect your roster. I don't like that. I, I don't like it because. This this young man that they lost on waivers, he's a center, he's a big man, he'll recover, and he'll play well for Arizona. Unless they had a deal, and now Arizona will send a player, but I doubt it. Why wouldn't you just make the deal? Mm, I don't like that. Steve Steos is talking about making some moves. I'm interested in seeing how well he does in Ottawa when he makes trades, because he was on the way, I believe, to being the GM here. And um, that brings me to... One of the things I want to talk about this week, Ken Holland. I believe, and Bruce McCurdy said yesterday, giving him credit, he said when Jeff Jackson took over, that sort of, it, it sort of keyed, like the, the tone, um, there, there's an there's a alarm or a bell that goes off in your head. You know that song, Never uh, Fall uh, Fall Us Apart? Never Fall Apart? You know that song? For, is it in excess? You know that song? Yeah, I'm familiar with okay. it. Okay. Right at the beginning, there's a bell. It's a, it's a tone. That's what happens. There's a tone. Jeff Jackson hired. He's the CEO of Hockey Ops. Okay. So now everything else has to be filtered through. It's no longer Ken Holland running the, the show. It's possibly Jeff Jackson having an impact. Possibly Jeff Jackson having an impact on the coach getting fired. Possibly Jeff Jackson having an impact on Jack Campbell getting waived and then or getting sent down to the minors. You have to factor that in. And McCurdy said, and he's right. I'm not saying that just because he's a mobster. He said his feeling was that, that the Ken Holland era in Edmonton will will be over. Now, I think Steos was the guy, the guy in waiting. Now he's not. If you're asking me to guess today, I will say I don't know what Paul Coffey's bona fides are, but maybe. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's Brad Holland. Maybe it's Jeff Jackson. I don't think it's Keith Gretzky, but I kind of am cheering for him. I'm not who, sure who else it might be. I know it's not Rick Pracy. He's in the amateur scouting side. I I don't think it's Brad Holland, but you never know. And as I said earlier, maybe, maybe, maybe if they win a Stanley Cup, the mercurial owner of the team, Daryl Cates, has a change of mind and puts Ken Holland back in. I don't think that will happen. Holland is a little older. He's McCurdy's age, for crying out loud. 
I didn't know McCurdy fell until yesterday. He might have told me, but I'd forgotten. But he fell. That's why he was walking indoors. I worry about everybody who's my age or older. I don't worry about you, Declan. But if you get into another boxing match, I am going, I've decided what I'm going to do. You said you wanted to box again, right? Yeah, ideally, I'd like to have one more fight. I am going to stand outside with the biggest sign I can find that says, Low Tide condemns this match. It should not go on. A pox upon you if you enter these doors. <laughs> Do you think that would get us shut down? I think it will. All right. I well, think people, oh, old man, Low Tide's going nuts again. I think that would happen. I'm sure hoping. I will, I, I will have a sit-in. I'll chain myself to whatever the hell I have to chain myself to. If it really I'll means... chain myself to Mrs. Andrews. Oh, she wouldn't come. All right. I'm just saying. Okay. We do have people texting in. Thank goodness. About the fact that McDavid and Drysaddle are on the same line. And I, I want to tell you, this happens every time. It's like an itch that has to be scratched. Have you ever had that Declan middle of the night you wake up and you're like, ah, I know that shoulder's itchy, but I can do it later. And then it just keeps going. Dry nope. skin, dry skin. Well, I, I don't know if this was a rhetorical question, but I usually scratch it. But then you got to kind of wake up a little bit, right? That's fine. I'll okay. live with that. All right. Okay. I'm, I guess I'm uber lazy. I will try to put it off. It's like peeing. I always say, no, I can do it. And then I can't. Anyway, that's a lot. That's a lot of information. Anyway, my story. Okay, I've got this friend. And she loves chocolate. Like, a, loves it. And so I knew she liked chocolate, but I didn't know she loved it to the point where she couldn't not eat it if it was in the house. So I, every once in a while, I would buy her chocolate. Um, and I have been informed that I, like almost a threat that I cannot any longer provide this individual with chocolate, which is fine because I take it home to my daughter and she likes the chocolate. And I, I do buy chocolate for me, but I don't have it very often because I'm in an age where I shouldn't be eating a lot of chocolate. So that's kind of what happens with every coach who's come down the pipe since Halloween night of 2015 when Leon Dreisaitl announced himself with authority on a line with, I believe, Taylor Hall and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You'll have to go back and look at it. It was like the 29th of October, something like that. He went large. Nuge passed him out the puck in front of the net, hammered it home, winning goal. Kumbaya, hallelujah. Uh, Leonard Cohen wasn't there, but the song was. And so it was really great. And since then, every once in a while, a coach goes, well, these hammerheads, I've got to get them going. I need a goal. I need a goal to start the game. If I can get a goal ahead, I can. how do I get a goal? Oh, wait a minute. I'll put McDavid with Dreisaitl. And it's a hell of a, a hell of an elixir. It is. It's like the it's like the the special water that they would sell back in the day that had maybe a little bit of, you know, alcohol in it. Do you know before you were born? Declan, do you know that before you were born there was a thing called gripe water? Grape water? Gripe water. Gripe water. Yeah. Okay, tell me about it. Do you know what do you know what I don't think it's around anymore. It was to calm little kids down, and it had, it's, it, it says here it's not recommended, but it was it was a little bit of, uh, a little bit of soothing the young infant down 
calming them down so they can get off to sleep. And the 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 McDavid dry saddle combination is chocolate for some, right water for others. It's irresistible when you need it. And that's what's happening tonight. I think the coach is like, what the hell? I got to see these guys anyway. It's a game we're unlikely to lose. Uh, maybe I can convince Ken Holland to trade for another center if I do this. Because guess what? Like, what if they could get, like, I know this is a long shot. I totally know this is a long shot. I get it. But if you're if you're Ken Holland and you're sitting in your room right now and you've got your whiteboard, because every general manager has a whiteboard. I saw this once. Uh, Lou Lamarillo had a whiteboard and he had his depth chart and the other depth charts uh, across the league. And some of them were, were wrong and they were deals that had already happened that I guess he knew about, but they were already there, which is so cool. But let's just say that, let's just say, that right now, Ken Holland is working through the idea of acquiring Elias Lindholm for the Calgary Flames. Let's just say that. And let's say that he is talking to... People are calling him KK. I don't like that. We can say Chris Knobloch, right? That's not that hard to say. It's not Victor Faust. Chris Knobloch has two names we've seen before. Chris with a K is a little unusual, but I don't think we should, you know, make him go to the internal fires of damnation of hell because of that. Chris Knobloch. We don't have to call him KK. Am I on tangents a lot today? I think I am. All right. So Lindholm is $4.85 million, and he is an UFA at the end of the year. So you'd have to get Calgary to slice it in half and take two point whatever it is. And then you'd have to send them something to make up the difference. Money-wise. And you'd have to give them a lot, assets-wise. 2024 first, I don't know what it would cost. I'm not in the business of knowing that. I'm just saying. If you could get a right-handed center, let's say down, you, okay, we're going to go with Dreisaitl and McDavid because they're so powerful. And then our second-line center will be Elias Lindholm. And then the third-line center is McLeod, and the fourth-line center is Holloway, and we've got our right-handed center, man. KK is much better. That's what everybody gets. I went on. I went on. Did I not do good? I did good. I used, I used, I used examples from real life. I used gripe water and chocolate. I, I kind of told the whole story. I wrapped it up. You could, I'm not saying you could write a book about it, but the whole segment had a, a beginning and a middle and an end. And it was reasonably unhealthy. People liked that. Chocolate and gripe water. And yet, the first reaction is KK is much better. Declan, what are we going to do? For the first time in my life, I'm speechless. I don't have an answer. I don't know what we're going to do, but I know we're going to figure it out with each other by our sides. Chris Christofferson. Yeah, great artist. Love Chris Christopherson. I'll tell you what. 12.35, we're going to take a break, and we're going to talk Chicago Blackhawks here in Two Shakes of a lamb t- Lamb's Tale with uh, John Weedman from WGN Radio in Chicago. I defy you. When you listen to Sunday Morning Coming Down by Chris Christopherson or Johnny Cash, when you listen to that, you know it's true. There is something about a Sunday that makes the body feel alone. I'm just saying. Chris Christopherson was a great writer. I don't know if he's writing now, is he? 
Can you check on that? KK plays for the Jays. Hello. Thank you. We can't be KKing all around here because there's other people. They signed him, right? Chocolate and gripe water is a fantastic title. I'm going to save that. There you go from Tube Socks. Okay. All wrapped in a little bowl for everybody. And what do I get? My sister, 10 years younger, was given gripe water by my mom. Yeah. Yes, it is that. But I'm not saying that. Because people who don't know it, I'm not going to... If you have a child and you don't know about gripe water, I'm not informing you. I am not doing that. As a public service, I'm not telling you. And don't look it online. Stop going on the internet completely. One day as a public service, they're just going to roll this chair out into the hallway and push it. Okay. If you've missed it, the order's lines have changed. Dry Saddle and McDavid together with Hyman. They got a top line that's going to roar. They're going to use it in the playoffs. Got an opportunity to look at it tonight. It Don't fear... It doesn't mean the end of the earth as we know it. They're playing Chicago. If it doesn't work in the first period, they'll go back to the old. It's all good. 1237, on the way, we're going to be talking to John Weedman from WGN Radio in Chicago about the Blackhawks, about the trade deadline, and about their signing of a goaltender. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Visit them at wolfgmcbuick.com. You can take Sandy and Danny. I will take Rizzo all day. That's the star of that damn show. I've said it, and I won't take it back. Big game tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. An opportunity for 15W. That isn't a product. That's a winning streak. Outstanding. Some some very rarefied air for the Edmonton Oilers. Now... Poised to, to try to play spoiler are the upstart, they used to say that all the time, Chicago Blackhawks. John Weedman joining us now from WGN Radio in Chicago. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Oh, hey, happy to be on with you. By the way, my, my last name is pronounced Weidemann, but it, oh. I've been dealing with that all my life. Don't well, worry about it. I, no, I apologize, and we won't forget that, I promise you. Um, no worries. So no sh- worries at all. Chicago uh, um, signing Morozik. Some people were surprised just because of the goalie market. Um, what what are I, – I know that Chicago's signing guys maybe for a little higher price than people expect them to be signed by, but I also watched the Edmonton Oilers struggle when they could not get free agents to come here in 2011. Is that kind of what, why this is happening, in your opinion? They want to make sure that they've got the infrastructure for young players to be able to to succeed and to flourish. I think you're dead on with that. Peter has expressed an interest in being a part of the rebuild with the Blackhawks uh, going all the way back to the beginning of last year. He looked at the situation. He knew that they were not going to be a higher-placing type of a team as far as the standings were concerned. So he knew that, you know, he he might play an integral role in, you know, helping to get the team headed in the right direction. And so this goes way back to last year. Well, you fast-forward to this year – He's been, in my opinion, a very solid goaltender for the Blackhawks, uh, kept them in most of the games that he's played, and he wanted to be a part of the future going forward, not just last year and this year, but, you know, the upcoming uh, years. He signed, obviously, a two-year, uh, two-year contract, 
And past that, who knows? But, you know, the way Peter has played and the way he has comported himself within the team, the way he supported his teammates, he's taken on a leadership role in the dressing room. Uh, I think he feels like he could be a really good fit for this team going forward. And when you consider the likes of Connor Bedard, the top pick in the draft, and possibly uh, in the upcoming draft, I mean, if, they're the, if the Blackhawks finish in the bottom three, you're looking at one of the top three picks in the draft. And I'm not going to speculate as to who they would take, but you're looking at a future that's, I believe, quickly going to turn into uh, a scenario where you've got a very competitive team here. Uh, right now, you, you can't look through the forest and see that happening, but uh, down the road, I, I just really believe that that's going to happen for this team, and I think Peter really wants to be a part of it. So the next question is, because fans are are all after some kind of trade opportunity or option, and the assumption was that Morozik was was you know going to be there. Uh, anybody else that that maybe is being rumored to to either be traded or or shopped that they could trade before the deadline, or is everybody else in play? Well, you know, it's funny that. That's something that we talk about among the broadcasters. Troy Murray, a, a, a man from Edmonton, mm-hmm. he and I get a chance to talk about that a fair amount. He's my partner. I love the guy. He's a terrific guy. And, uh, you know, Darren Pang is on the TV side. And we sometimes will sit in the back of the bus and we'll chat about, you know, who could be going, who could be coming, uh, what team needs what. That kind of hockey talk goes on, you know, in taverns and restaurants and homes all over, really all over the world. But as far as it applies to us as concerned, I think that Peter, you know, you mentioned Peter Morazic. His name is off that off that list now because he signed the extension. Uh, however, if a team were to come along and blow the Blackhawks out of the water with an offer of, like, so let's say, three first-round picks and a couple of prospects in place for in exchange for Peter Morazic, I think the Blackhawks would certainly listen. But insofar as the rest of the list is concerned, uh, there are several guys that, you know, could be considered for that kind of movement coming up. And um, it it's kind of hard to pinpoint who from the roster would be in a position to where, you know, that they could make that happen. But uh, I look at I look at some of the veteran players on our team. Nick Foligno just signed a two-year extension. Jason Dickinson find, signed a two-year extension as well. Uh, you know, you've got – I'm not going to name any names, but you've got some veteran defensemen on this team and a few veteran forwards that could be in that mix. So – uh, I didn't really give you much of an answer there, but I know that there's been talk going on. I know that the Kyle Davidson and Norm McIver, the uh, general manager and assistant GM respectively, have been working the phones, and you know, just any day we could see something. John White have been joining us from WGN Radio. I can tell you honestly, if I had any kind of an arm at all, I could throw a rock to Troy Murray Arena from my house, but I don't. It's it's not <laughs> it's not that far. But you're right; he is a legend here. Uh, absolutely a legend. So you're you're lucky to be able to chat with him every day. Uh, I I know for fans of the NHL, uh, Bedard's injury is is really unfortunate, and, and I can only imagine from a Chicago Blackhawks fan point of view, it's doubly or triply so. He's such an entertaining player, and the play, you know I, I I keep online. I kept seeing people say, you know, keep your head up, kid. But the 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 league is so fast, and he is such a brilliant player. Um, it, it's, it's, it's the same thing happened to McDavid when he was a rookie. It's unfortunate. These are brilliant young players. And I know that, that, that he'll recover and he'll have a wonderful career, but it really is too bad when, when he goes down. And now, I mean, I still think he'll win the Calder, but it, it came at an inopportune time for Bedard and for fans. 
It really did. And, you know, I'm going to defend Brendan Smith, the guy that hit him right here. As a Blackhawks broadcaster, you know, some broadcasters for teams are inclined to say, this guy hurt our guy, so he stepped over the line and whatever. No, you know what? Brendan Smith finished his check on Bedard. It was a clean hit. It was shoulder to chin. Uh, I don't think that Brendan Smith's intent was to disable Connor Bedard. It just happened in the process. And, yeah, a broken jaw. And if you take a look at that replay, you'll see Connor Bedard look down at the puck momentarily, and that's when the hit took place. Mm-hmm. Ordinarily, Connor Bedard's, Connor Bedard's head is up the entire time, and he's viewing the ice as he carries the puck. Well, in this instance, that's what happened. So uh, fast forward, now he's out of the lineup. He's going to be out until, I believe, mid to late February. I don't see him playing in the All-Star game. He may go just, you know, for publicity purposes. But, uh, you know, insofar as his future is concerned, I personally am very happy that it was a broken jaw instead of a concussion. Yes. Okay, so, uh, you know, you're talking about his value to the team and to the league. You don't need a player that young being concussed and then having to deal with that. As far as the attendance is concerned at the United Center in Chicago, you know, when Connor, when we received the first round pick, the first pick in the draft, I should say, everybody knew it was a fait accompli. It was going to be Connor Bedard. And within hours, the season tickets for the Blackhawks, the, the, the number of ticket commitments uh, was just off the grid. I couldn't I couldn't even begin to calculate it, but it was in the millions that tickets were sold because fans knew that they were going to be supporting a future superstar and watching uh, the beginning of this team coming back and, and trying to get back to the greatness that they had uh, really from 2009 until really, I'd say, about 2017 with three cups in between. Um, so, But with Connor out of the lineup in the last couple of home games, I've noticed that there have been some empty seats. And I would believe that the people that were going to be in those seats had either tried to give them away with no success or just simply didn't go. And those seats remained empty. However, when Connor comes back, and I think it's going to be late February, I think the United Center is going to fill back up. We're going to see more exciting hockey that he will produce, I think, right to the end. I think he still has an opportunity to win the Calder Trophy as the NHL's top rookie. Uh, but it's my it's my great hope that he just finds his health, gets back into the lineup at his time, and take it from there. John Wadman, our guest from WGN Radio. So when you're calling tonight, and, and we just saw Columbus play very well, against Edmonton. Uh, mm-hmm. They were out, man, but they, they really gave a scare to Edmonton. Is that kind of what the, the Blackhawks will be looking to do? They know that they're outmanned. Uh, they know that now is not their time, but any given, any given you know, Thursday. Well, you know what? Luke Richardson, as you know, is a former Edmonton Oiler, and I think he's turning into a terrific NHL head coach. Um, and he has the guys on board with the notion of working hard every single game. No shifts off, no periods off, no pulling the chute. And that's the system that, you know, he's he's got them, or the thinking that he's got them bought into, which is a good thing. So they come to every game, they work hard. What's What's really been kind of a struggle for the team this year is goal scoring. And, um, you know, the power play hasn't been that, that great. Um, earlier in the season, by the way, when the team was, 
healthy. And they had Taylor Hall, another former Oiler, and they had Corey Perry playing. Uh, they had a decent power play. They were a little bit of a threat to NHL teams. But with those two guys out of the lineup, and then we've had an assortment of injuries and taken out, get this, the, the number of games collectively of the seven gentlemen that are injured, and I call them gentlemen because they're all good guys to me, uh, but of the seven Blackhawk players that are injured, you compile all of those games of experience. It's 3,700, over 3,700 games of experience. So what's happened to the Blackhawks lineup is the guys that normally are on the sidelines or maybe down in Rockford in the American Hockey League, they're getting an opportunity to play at the NHL level. But you have a mixture of guys that belong in the NHL and some guys that probably are better suited to be in the American Hockey League playing on an NHL roster against the likes of Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and, uh, you know, Evan Bouchard. I could throw in a bunch of names there. So you can see how the scales are tipped a bit. But the way these players go into every game, opponent notwithstanding, is we're going to work hard. We're going to make these guys beat us by working hard. If they beat us, they beat us. I don't think the expectation is there for them to win, but they're going to work as hard as they can, as tirelessly as they are able, and try to beat an opponent. They've lost They've lost 18 straight on the road, okay, 18 straight. They haven't won since November 9th down in Tampa on the mom's trip. Okay, and Connor Bernard had a four-point night that night. Um, but, you know, they're they're working toward the end of that streak. I know the Oilers, it could be 15 in a row for them. And by the way, I'm going to throw this out there for longtime Oiler fans. I know I've gone on here a bit. That I remember the Oilers from the 80s, and they were, in my opinion, the greatest team of all time, that 84-85. Amen. And, and Mark Spector would back me up on this. Yep. The 84-85 Edmonton Oilers for my money, were the best team in the history of the National Hockey League. This team that's currently playing for the Oilers right now, they're in position to win 15 in a row. Didn't that team or any of those teams back in the 80s win this many games in a row? I'd be shocked to find out that they didn't. Well, they were they they had ties and they had uh, they had road trips that were fun. We'll put it that way. Uh, one final one for <laughs> <laughs> one final like one that. for you. Okay. Vlasic, uh, I, I whenever I watch the Hawks, I'm just I'm just blown away by this is a maturing player, and maybe people aren't noticing, uh, but this is an interesting hockey player, and I think they've got one here. I would totally concur, and you know you'll you'll get a hundred you'll get a thousand percent agreement from my partner, uh, Edmonton St. Albert native Troy Murray, about Vlasic's play. Uh, of all of the Blackhawk defensemen, he has stood out the most and most often. Um, not only is he defending well, he's using his size and his reach to poke check and to uh, kill plays. Take the, he'll take the puck sometimes, and when you would expect him to make that good first pass out of the zone to a breaking winger, he might instead skate it. And he's got this deceptive speed. And it's funny watching him as he carries the puck through center ice. You can see the speed picking up. And he becomes almost like this, and I, this is maybe a, a, an inaccurate characterization, but like a runaway freight train. And, and then, then the opposing defenseman, if the opposing defenseman is, is smaller and has to try and outmuscle this guy, chances are he finds himself losing a step to Vlasic, who then takes the puck to the net or takes it in behind and creates offense. His confidence level has gone from, I would say, 
average to start the season to way above what everybody else's is. And he's really a pleasure to watch. He's a great kid to deal with. He's from the Chicago area. And he's going to be part of that core going forward that's going to help this team back to prominence, no doubt. John, thank you for this. Appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. Hey, thank you for having me on. It's always a pleasure. All right. John Weideman, WGN Radio. We enjoyed the conversation. Interesting stuff. Some real insight into the what they're doing at the deadline, what they might do at the deadline. Uh, and Connor Bedard, certainly looking forward to watching him play again. Okay, bagged milk on the way next. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your sports 1440 update, brought to you by Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. The hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts, and treatments are designed just for you. Book now at TommyGuns.com. More news surrounding Hockey Canada as the Halifax Regional Police continue to investigate a historical sexual assault that is alleged to have occurred in the city during the 2002-2003 World Juniors Tournament and involved multiple members of Canada's team. A person familiar with the matter previously told sources that Halifax police have committed significant resources to the investigation and have continued trying to contact witnesses who may have information. Nine games in the NHL today, including, of course, the Edmonton Oilers for hosting the Chicago Blackhawks. Puck drop at seven, and according to our own Jason Greger, a shakeup to the lines involving Dreisaitl McDavid on Hyman on the top line, Nuge centering Kane and Fogle on the second. For the Oilers tonight, it will be Calvin Pickard in the starters net. Seven games in the NBA tonight, including an Eastern Conference Finals rematch with the Celtics in Miami at 5.30 and the Kings in Golden State at 8. Around the NFL, the Carolina Panthers plan to hire Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive coordinator Dave Canales as their new head coach, and the AP NFL MVP nominees have been announced with Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, and Dak Prescott as the finalists. Vince McMahon, the executive chairman of the TKO Holding Group and former CEO of WWE, was accused of sexual assault and sex trafficking in a lawsuit filed today and in the Australian Open. Later today, it is Canadian Gabrielle Dabrowski and her partner Aaron Rutliff in semi-final action in the women's doubles. They're taking on the pairing of Yelena Ostapenko and Lyudmila Kinchanok. First serve for that one, 8 p.m. Finally, one game in the AJHL tonight, Whitecourt and Canmore at 7. And as always, you can watch on flowhockey.tv. I'm Declan Kruger, and this has been a Sports 1440 Update.